Hey. It's so lovely to come. I know I say this often, but I just love coming into God's house and just worshipping Him. Um, for me, it's never about the communion message. It, the message itself is good. What the speaker says, whoever we are, it's not about that. You know, once we've got our emblems, we know what communion's about. It's not about what sermon I preach, whether it's good or it's bad, whether it, it, it excels, whether it flops. It's about getting into the house and worshipping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords for what he did on the cross. Yeah, and I could rest in that space, sit in his presence, kneel there, lay there. I could just do that totally abandoned for the next couple of hours, though some of you may be uncomfortable. And uh, Samuel may get blisters on his fingers from playing. Andrew's foot might get a bit tired from hitting the pedal underneath the keyboard, but I, I could certainly worship with the aid of music over and over and over again. Uh, it creates a lovely space to step into his presence, doesn't it? Uh, I've, I've been having this wonderful online discussion with a group. I don't know who they are. Um, sometimes I just want to gangster slap people. But they're talking about you know, the need to have Holy Spirit power within the church. Amen. But so much need for Holy Spirit power that you only know if Holy Spirit's there, if there's miracles and wonders that happen at every moment all the time and they've totally removed the effect that Holy Spirit has on us in our emotions in our being and if you feel anything that it's not a move of God well to think that our God gave us these emotions what a waste they must be if I can't use them for him hey? <laughs> the good and the bad so I love coming into his place and weeping I love laughing I love enjoying our company I love having a coffee with us all because it's in the presence of the Lord, amen. Anyway, that was just me. There's a real sense this morning as we were praying, we just, I just asked a very simple question, whether anyone had, had a, a thought, a theme, a word, something they felt like God was saying, and a couple of different things came up. You know, one word was, was a reset. Uh, another word was that we need to breathe. Another one was um, free. There was some other stuff that was going on. And for me, I have a real sense that God does want to reset. We're at the beginning of the year. But he wants to set us free from the things that have held us back. He wants to set us free so that we can actually breathe and allow our hearts to breathe, allow our hearts to gravitate towards him, to, to actually worship him. You know, unfortunately, the word addiction has got such a bad connotation because of the addictions that are often attached to the word but I think we should be a people that are addicted to Jesus. I think we should be a people that are addicted to his presence, that actually want to spend time with him. And when we don't, we actually have withdrawals. Seriously. Like, you think about that for a moment. If someone that's struggling with alcohol or, or smoking or some drug or whatever it might be, yeah, that there's this constant need that draws them back to that addiction. Wouldn't it be great within ourselves? If so, naturally, we had this need that, that, that drawed us back into the presence of God. Man, I, I want to be addicted to Jesus. We're going to have a look at um, 1 Thessalonians. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome, awesome chapter. It's an awesome book because there's a, really, there's a deep conviction and love by the people of God you know, in Thessalonica. And so we're going to read together. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, my hope, my prayer is that our hearts at the beginning of 2023. Up there? Hello! 
<laughs> Are we back? Not back. I can. I'm plugged in. He's coming around. Lucky I've got a loud voice. Hey? My wife says I'm screaming at home. I tell her continually I'm not screaming, it's just a loud voice. Thank you. So, which one's working? Static? Really? Oh, that's a shame. I always. Okay, Roy. we'll let the guys at the back work it out. Um, we know that I have a, a deeper, more sensual, sexy type of voice. So that, that high-end pitch is their problem, not mine. Right? So I'm just putting the pressure on the boys. Anyway, we're, we're going to read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 to 10. While they work on the sound, I'm going to keep moving forward. For those that are watching at home, my apologies for any technical glitches that we're having at the moment. I will say this. Whenever we have an issue before worship, whenever there's a sound problem, a technical problem, whenever anything happens, it is always, and I know you guys, are getting, some of you are going to think that I'm a spiritual nut, but it's always the enemy trying to disrupt what God, Father God wants to do through the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to say, wow, God must have something in store for you and I this morning. Amen. So verse 1 reads, Paul, Silas and Timothy. <laughs> wow, what a big missional team that was, hey? Three of them. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for you all, or for all of you, and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God the Father your work produced by your faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, Loved by God that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Archaea. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Archaea, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Lord bless that long reading. But... There are just some absolute gems in that passage of Scripture. Before I get there, though, <laughs> I've been sharing over the last month, and many of you know him personally, but my friend Andrew Tonkin from Mildura, who passes Mildura Church of Christ, who had a heart attack just prior to Christmas. And we shared how God raised him up. And I thank God that God raised him up because he was rushed to hospital as they... As they got him there, they organised like a flight. They had to taxi, you know, ambulance run him out to the flight to get him to Bendigo. They got him in straight away. They put a stint in because just before that, 
He had some chests in his pain. He rolled up himself to emergency, was in there. They brought him in. And while he was in emergency, he flatlines. Now, if you're going to flatline, who knows that that's the best place to flatline, yeah? Right? Like, wow, I am so glad. Not that he flatlined. I am so glad that that happened while he was in emergency. But I'm even more glad that they were able to resurrect him, to bring him back to life because he's back at home with his family. In fact, this weekend he's visiting some family here in Ballarat and we got to have a coffee just um, the other day. It was, it, it's wonderful to be able to spend time with him knowing what he's been through, yeah? His life continues and so for those of us that know him, we celebrate that, amen? Now that story, his story that you and I have been a part of because we've been praying for him together, yeah, that story, that, that reminds us that even when everything seems down and out, when all stuff seems lost, that God himself is a God of resurrection. Because if he can resurrect Andrew in that hospital room when he flatlines, he can resurrect our hearts for a relationship with him. Yeah, No matter how long... We've walked with him because Andrew's my age, he's 52. And so some of us have walked with the Lord for a long time. But every once in a while, it seems, if you're to be totally honest and transparent, that in our walk, in our faith, it's almost like our hearts flatline. But God wants to resurrect that. He wants to breathe life back into our hearts. Because he's the God that gives us a new heart. He's the God that gives us a fresh start. Yeah, What a perfect word at the beginning of 2023. Because sometimes we just need to reset and go again. You know, I love the fact that he's given you and I a new heart from the moment we accepted him. A brand new heart. It's worth celebrating. You know, over the years as a pastor, I've met with many a couple that have had trouble, crisis in their relationship. We all do. Seriously, we all do, right? Um, None of us. Uh, are going to run away from that one. From time to time in your relationship, there are just things that ebb and flow up and down, you know. Sometimes the soil is wonderful and sometimes it's rocky. But there's one question I found that is probably the best question to ask a couple that's in crisis. It's a really simple question. What is it that you first saw in each other? Tell me the story I hate his guts. No, no, not now. <laughs> not, not now. What is it that you first saw in him? What is it that, was, that so attracted you to her? What was it at that time? And, and I guarantee you, right, I know it's a good question because it doesn't matter how traumatic the situation is. It doesn't matter how severe it is. But always one of the partners will start sharing the story. And while they're sharing, the other one comes in and starts, as a partner often does, normally the female side, starts to correct the story that you're telling, yeah? Because they still remember it, what it was that attracted them to one another. It it is the best question to ask. And it's a sweet, sweet thing occasionally for all of us that are in a relationship. It is a sweet, sweet thing for, for, for a couple to sometimes just sit and remember what was it that attracted me to him? What was it that made me fall in love with her? What was it? You know, as I read First Thessalonians, 
I get a sense for me that this is what Paul's doing with the church. You know, they haven't lost their passion. They haven't lost that in, whatsoever. But he reminds them of where their faith came from. He reminds them of where their first love originated. You know, my prayer is that this sermon and over the coming weeks as we enter a new year will encourage us and will allow us to get our hearts to beat again as they should for Jesus, yeah? Truly. Since particularly we've been raised with Jesus because like Andrew, you and I were dead in our sins. Our hearts had flatlined and if it wasn't for Jesus, they'd still be flatlined whether we're breathing or not. So let's set our hearts on the things above, amen? You know, I pray this will be a, a Jesus Christ focus here in 2023 for all of us. You know, one that really encourages us in the faith. But First Thessalonians, verse 1 says, Paul, Silas and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. So we begin with the Thessalonian church, but we also begin with a question asking ourselves, well, actually, who are they? Who is the Thessalonian church? You know, Paul starts to thank them, but who are they? And, and where does it all come from? You know, some history, I can give you some history. I can tell you that the Thessalonian church was born during Paul's second missionary journey. In Acts chapter 17, it tells us that Paul went into the synagogue for three Sabbath days. Verse, um, chapter 17 of Acts, verses 1 to 3 reads, When Paul and his companions had passed through and Phippolis and Apollon Apollonia. Wow, what's wrong with West Footscray and Broadmeadows? They came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them for the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. He reasoned with them from the scriptures. Yeah? His message was really simple because all he did was explain and prove that Jesus was the Christ. Prove that he was the Messiah, that he had to suffer, that he had to rise from the dead. It was a simple message of proclaiming Jesus. Really, the gospel should always point to Jesus. Amen? So the message was proclaimed in Thessalonica. In Thessalonia. And a few of the believers, or a few believed, a few became believers, yeah? But the problem is that opposition came really quickly. As soon as people started to say yes to Jesus, this crowd started to oppose that. I don't know about anyone here, but I know in my life that when I said yes to Jesus, I really quickly had opposition in my life from family and friends that didn't walk the same path that I took. Yeah? Opposition rose really quickly. The whole city was thrown into turmoil and it ended up a really short stay, three days really. And then they had to head for Berea, which is just another neighbouring town. So Thessalonica was the capital of, a Roman, of the Roman province in Macedonia. Yeah? It was located on the main Roman road, almost like you know Ballarat. We're on the main road, the main Roman road, and it was called the Via Ignatia. And in fact, the Romans were super smart because that road, like many of the others, was like an interstate connecting network. Like They were not a primitive civilization. They were actually exceptionally intelligent people. And so you've got these two provinces mentioned in Acts 17. And at the end, 
appear in verse 7 of 1 Thessalonians 1, Macedonia and Archaea, they were essentially, that, that is essentially modern Greece. And here's the amazing thing. Modern Greece, yeah? And Paul only had three to four weeks with the Thessalonians. He speaks on three Sabbaths, three Sabbaths, Sabbaths, that's, the, that, that's a problem with the sound desk. What you heard wasn't correct. Had nothing to do with my English. But he was there for only three or four weeks before he got chased out, really. And yet, despite such a short time, this baby church, right, this baby church made huge progress. I mean, some people can be in church for 20 years and make no progress. Like, they, they're the same. Why do I still want to sing that hymn from 1930? Progress, please. You know, nothing wrong with hymns, but let's grow in our faith. Let's grab something new. Let's grab a new word of God. Let's get a fresh start, yeah, with everything. Then there are others, praise God, yeah, that do make progress. Amen for that. And it seems here, without ve with very little input, yeah, it seems here that the church believed the word of God, they believed in Jesus, and then they just headed off. Let's put it this way. Only three or four weeks with Pastor Paul. Only three or four weeks with Pastor Paul and his missionary team. Yeah? yeah? At the most, Paul had 30 days with them. At the most. And after 30 days, he carries them in his heart until he dies. See, they've got this... I love short-term missions. And I know some people think they're worthless. It's just a money grab. Yeah, but if Paul and his missionary team, small missionary team, can change a whole city that was modern Greece in three to four weeks, if you get a chance to go on a short-term mission trip to Africa, Uganda, India, wherever it might go, because in those three or four weeks, you don't know the impact you're having, yeah? Anyway, so this, this missionary team had to leave, and you can imagine that that would have been quick and speedy and painful, you know, to part with the people that are just coming to know the Lord and all of a sudden already they have to go. Then Paul prays for them. And you know what I love? Because it suggests that he agonises over them, but he also rejoices over them. Why is he agonising? Because they had so little time, yeah, to know the basics of faith. But why is he rejoicing? Because they actually picked up the basics of faith in that short little time. I love this because this is proof that if we're sold out for Jesus, we can do a hell of a lot. Yes, let's use the word in church, a hell of a lot with very little. It often feels like the modern church, we've got so much. We've got a lot. We've got music. We've got technology that works sometimes. You know, we've got study curriculums and guides and aids and we've got all sorts of stuff and we've got wham-bang coffee machines so you can have real coffee, not that make-believe fake stuff that's for free. Not that stuff. You know, we've got so, so much. We have so much, but sometimes we do so little with it. And yet the Thessalonian church had little and did... And with their little did much. And that has to be a challenge for us at the beginning of 2023, doesn't it? Yeah. Like whether we want to pick it up or not, to put our faith into practice. You know, I thank God for the season I was saved in all those years ago. And I thank God, even if it was a cultish church that I got saved in, I thank God for my pastors because they taught me to serve the Lord. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, they gave me a, a, I don't know how to put it, but there's a passion to want to be in the things of God, around the things of God, involved in the things of God. You know, we had church Sunday morning, we had church Sunday evening. Remember those days? Then we had our midweek Bible study, and it was always packed. This is not trying to make any, this is not criticism, I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty, but it is commentary, yeah? It is certainly commentary, pick it up, accept it as you will, yeah? We didn't spend all week studying God, but we were certainly taught in fashion to spend all week serving God. And that's how our faith grew. That's how your faith grows quickly. So many people who are struggling in their faith, I guarantee you they are not serving God anywhere. I thank God for that season. You know, what are we focused on in 2023? What are you and I focused on in 2023? Is it money? Is it work? Even the fact, I love this, Mel mentions Gary Morgan, February the 5th. 5th? Is that correct? I'm telling you, that is one wordsmith, one man of God you do not want to miss. Now I will step onto I will offend people's side. Doesn't matter if you've got to get your kids ready to school the next day and it's their first week. I know that's important, but I'm, God is more important than that. Because they'll get to school anyway, even if they're tired. My kids aren't perfect, but they went to school many times when they were tired. Yeah, my girls will testify, especially my oldest daughter, Faith. I hated it, but I'm glad my dad dragged me around for the things of God, to have me there for ministry, to be around those men and women who imparted so much into my life. She says that continually. What has God called us? Where has he called us to go? What has he called us to do in 2023? You know, I was encouraged to witness, to share the gospel, to do, to do stuff in Jesus' name. It was like, where's Rob? When we went to India all those years ago on that short-term trip. I mean, none of us had been to India before, but while we were there, they encouraged us to, to share with their students, to share our faith, to pray for the sick, to, do, to step outside of our comfort zone, didn't they? Stuff that we hadn't done a lot of. And, and I was just the lackey, the tag-along. I wasn't even part of this great church yet. But I managed to go along with a lot of great people. And we had a great time because they were encouraging us to step out and serve the Lord. And I simply, when we share the good news of Jesus, we grow in faith. That's what happens. You want a formula? There you go. You want to grow in faith? Serve God somewhere. Ask Him. Pray. Could be in the community, could be in the house. See if there's a spot somewhere. Serve him. If it's praying for people, then pray for them. Yeah? If it's feeding people, feed them. If it's visiting people to comfort them, then visit them and comfort them. Just do it, as Nike would say. Absolutely. When we start serving God in some manner, that's when we really start growing. And I think so many of us, we've been taught so well but so often what happens is we don't apply what God's given in our lives, yeah? We have to test the word of God by stepping out in faith and serving God. We do. It's no good tell, being told that we can pray for the sick and seeing them, see them healed, yet we never pray for anyone when they're sick. Oh, the last person I prayed for didn't get healed. Bad luck. Too bad. Pray anyway. 
Just see what God does. It's not up to you to heal the person. It's not up to me. Man, I've prayed for hundreds of people and seen nothing. But I have prayed for others and I've seen miraculous things. I've seen diabetes fly out of a mouth and a guy totally healed from type 1 diabetes. Totally healed. I have actually, this, is, this for me is a greater miracle, prayed for someone that had a cold and instantaneously their nose dried up and they stopped coughing. I've only ever seen that once. I've prayed for it hundreds of times. But I've seen it once. I've prayed for someone with legs that aren't the same length and they become the same length. I remember here where Eli Morgan had his feet prayed for, where he had no arches, flat feet, and arches started to form. I don't know how big they formed. I don't really care. I just know that God was doing something. And then I know when he then prayed for someone for the same thing, they got healed too. Sometimes, oh wow, our faith will grow if we serve him. We have to test the word of God by stepping out in faith and serving him. So just three or four weeks of teaching from the Apostle Paul, then he leaves. He's got no more contact with him and yet the Thessalonian church is growing. How many churches in Ballarat alone? I've been here 11 or 12 years. We've got great men and women of God who have shared here over 160 years. They had Paul for 30 days. I think many of us have generally heard enough and we want to make sure and we always try to make sure that our reservoir is topped up. But really, first we've got to step out in faith that all God has called us to do. And so Paul ends up in Corinth. That's a whole other adventure. And from Corinth, he sends Timothy back to Thessalonica. And when Timothy returns to Paul in Corinth, in Corinth, returns to Paul in Corinth, that's where Paul writes the letter, the first Thessalonians while he's in Corinth. And it's a passionate letter. In fact, the Wesley Bible says it is pulsing with Paul's love. I love that. Yeah? Wesley himself wrote, there's a peculiar sweetness in this epistle. So the Thessalonians accepted the message, but more than that, they became imitators of it, imitators of the missionaries. Because when someone receives ministry in their life from someone, it's always a mutual blessing, always. And then Paul has to go because there are some troublemakers. I mean, at the end of the day, let troublemakers attack the church. Go for it, wherever you like. Attack the church from outside. But never let there be troublemakers inside the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the devil thought he'd won by getting Paul away from them. But what followed was the epistle to 1 Thessalonians. So what the enemy was using to stifle the church, God used to blow it up in a good way, yeah? to grow it. The devil thought, I've, I've succeeded. I've damaged this, this small church. I've got Paul out of the way. But installed. Instead, Paul writes the letter that many today consider to be the first of all the epistles for the Gentiles, you and I, non-Jewish people. <laughs> that was God's word coming to Thessalonica, and it strengthened the church and encouraged the church. John Phillips, a commentator, he's written a commentary, wrote, this letter, you've got to get this, this letter shall outlast all the suns and all the stars. This is how passionate, how marvellous, this particular book is the devil thought he'd won but instead God's people got the word of God and the word of God will endure forever yeah 
Man, if I'm ever persecuted and denied the Bible, I hope for the small reading that I've done, that I've got enough hidden inside me that I can still meditate on the things of God. Amen. Because we need it in our hearts so that the Holy Spirit can bring it to our minds. Amen. Just three weeks. And the Thessalonian church still left a lasting impression. You know, their culture is not a lot different to ours. They had government. They, they had a brilliant road structure. Better than Ballarat's, let me tell you. Right? I imagine they didn't have the same amount of potholes that we have. They had stadiums. They were creative. They had, they had all sorts of stuff. Yeah? It wasn't a primitive culture. And still they needed the gospel to get into every part of it, just as we do. And then Demas, or Damas, if you prefer to pronounce his name that way, he leaves Paul, he deserts Paul. 2 Timothy 4, chapter, um, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, yeah, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Maybe there was a worldliness to their culture that attracted Damas. He got sucked back in. And I don't know, I'd imagine you'd have to agree with me, but in our culture alone, there's a worldliness to our culture, yeah? That can actually really easily drag us back in, yeah? It reminds me of that, you know, that line in Godfather, for those that have never watched it, just when I think I got out, they drag me back in. That's what the world does. And yet, in just three weeks, this church burned so brightly. Its influence goes all over modern Greece, totally all over modern Greece. It was the first major European settlement for the gospel, and it lasted 1,500 years. I mean, that's not bad with three weeks with Pastor Paul and his team. Isn't it awesome what God did in that little church in a short time? Their hearts were beating for Jesus. It was, and it still is, a miracle. You know, verse 2 reads, We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. It's like they were saying grace. You know how you get food? And I'm not one of those people. You know when you have food and you've always got someone that has to say grace before they eat? You almost feel guilty because you finished half your plate. And they go, oh, we haven't said grace yet. And you go, man, I wanted to eat it when it was hot, not when it was last week's. You know, like, really? You've got to say grace again? Didn't we say it yesterday or the day before? I mean, no offence. I'm just not one of those people that stops and remembers to say grace. But these guys like saying grace. They gather it round, it's mealtime, and then they go, and we thank you for the Thessalonians. They thanked God all the time. We continually, it says, mention you in our prayers. So at their prayer nights, they would pray for the Thessalonians. The Thessalonians were so precious to them, even though they had a, such a small beginning. They didn't have a fridge magnet. They did much with little, yeah, the little that they had in all of Achaia and Macedonia is coming under the influence of the gospel so that thousands of people were turning to the Lord. You know, like them, we need to be praying for one another, not cursing one another, not pointing the finger at one another, praying for one another, like praying for one another. Do you know, do you know what the issue is with praying with one another? 
People don't like to share their shade. Let me put it in another way. People don't like to share the stuff that they're going through. Because if I share it, if I share my struggle, then someone else knows who I really am. So I don't want to share that, so I'm not going to tell anyone else. And then no one can pray that I've got cancer. No one can pray that I'm struggling with pornography. No one can pray that I've got a heart issue. No one can pray that I'm struggling for my faith because I don't want to share it with anyone else and then be embarrassed. But we're called as a family to pray for one another. How can you pray for me or I pray for you if we don't share our stuff? I mean, sometimes church has to be more real. I'm so tired. I love the happy, clappy church, but I'm tired of the masks that people wear. How's life? Yeah, it's great. But at home, they're kids. Stuff's falling apart, but I can't share that because that's embarrassing. And yet, then we cannot do what we're called to do, to pray for one another continually. I mean, this should happen all the time. You know, I think so often we get prayer promptings, you know, You don't just think of someone out of the goodness of your heart. Stop patting yourself on the back. Holy Spirit, put someone in your mind, gave you a thought so that you could pray for them. Don't dismiss it, but pray for them. Continue. I don't know why God showed me that person. I don't even like their haircut. But obviously, if he's there, if she's there, I'm going to pray for them. We've got to pray methodically, persistently. And we need to pray those promptings of the Holy Spirit. And Paul was only with the Thessalonians for three Sabbaths. But for the rest of his life, every time he prays, he's going to pray for the Thessalonians. I mean, that's passion. I mean, that's passion. That's what you and I need. That's what the church needs. That's the beating heart that we need for one another. I mean, if that's not your heart, then this morning I'm going to open the altar and we're going to pray for one another. We're going to pray that our hearts start to beat for one another, that it comes alive, that we are alive in the gospel in Jesus' name. I mean, I mentioned last week, some of us just start to, we need to remember how and we need to start enjoying the things of God again. It's not a chore to come to church. It's not a chore to serve him. It's not a chore to go to Bible study. It's not a chore to visit someone, to pray for someone. You should be excited about those things. And you know what? If people drain you, don't visit them that day. Go to the person that inspires you and roll up at their door and let them minister to you. Just don't tell them. They'll enjoy your visit eventually after you go. You know, verse 3, we start to see, and I'm out of time. Verse 3, we start to see the beating heart that leads to service. We remember before our God and our Father, your work produced by faith. Your work. Your work produced by faith. Faith without works is dead. Yeah, It's not about salvation. It's not about our relationship with the Lord. But their faith prompted them, produced work. Your labour prompted by love. I so love the Saviour. I so love his family. I so love his call that I can't help. I cannot help myself. I have to do something. And your endurance inspired by hope. There needs to be evidence. And the best way that you and I will grow in faith is through serving Jesus. God calls us, calls both you and I to serve him. So in 2023, let's tell our hearts 
to beat again when it comes to serving him in some way. If you want to grow in your faith, serve in some way. You know what I love? We've got a couple of people that at the moment are, 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 are decorating, redoing, I don't know, fixing our little star's room. I didn't ask them. Mel didn't ask them. They just said, we, we've just been inspired. We think it's God. We hope it'll turn out okay. And so we, we're going we're, we're gonna to change it. We're going to renovate the little star's room. Okay. Do you know what? They heard something. They brought it. They're serving. You know what's going to happen? Apart from us either hating or loving, but I'm sure we'll love, right? We'll love it. We'll love it. Seriously, we'll love it. I'm just stirring now. But yes, we're going to love what they do, but they're going to grow in their faith because they stepped out in it. That's why we love you. That's why we encourage you to be part of friendship groups. That's why we encourage you to get involved somewhere. We don't do it to bust your chops. Those that are, that are listening at home, I'm glad that we've got online stuff. Someone said, are we ruining the church by giving people an opportunity to stay at home? No, we're not. Because the church is bigger than the four walls. And we've got people, family, that are not just in our local community. Yeah? But you know what, if you've got the opportunity to come and you choose not to, then I would question that. Yeah, because I guarantee you don't miss a meal. This is just commentary, not criticism. I guarantee that you get to work on time. Yeah, and you only take time off work if you've got sick leave. But heaven forbid that we should suggest that God is more important than any of that. Pastor, how can you say that? Because I know that God is more important than all of that. Yeah. But won't we stand? I'm not going to keep you here in the heat. I refuse to keep you here in the heat. Share your faith because then you grow in faith. Be careful for the deceivers that try and twist the Bible that tell you that you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything for your salvation. Christ did it all. We just have to say yes to him. But then we're compelled, we're compelled for others to know him, to get to know him, to encounter him. And when you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you can't help but want to serve him. You know, I'm going to pick up from verse 5 next week. because then I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this and start with this next week. It's not just by words, but it's also with power, yeah? It's also with power. Let's be a people that are passionate. Let's allow God who, when our hearts had flatlined, when we didn't know him, when we were far away from him, he somehow got a spiritual defibrillator and brought our hearts back to life. Let's let them beat the way they're supposed to beat. Beat for one another so that we can pray and love one another. Beat for his house. Beat for him that we would enjoy the things of God again. Yeah? I love having a conversation with people when they ask, what do I do for work? Or what did I do on the weekend? And I, I go, oh, I don't say, oh, I went to church. Like, flipping heck, mate. I went to church. No. You know what? I went to the house of God. What's that? I went to church. Oh, really? What was that like? It was flipping awesome. What, what's that? Why? How? 
oh, the singing, you guys sing, sing. Man, we got a whole band. And then the Holy Spirit came, and then you could sense the Holy Spirit. What do you mean the Holy Spirit? I can't explain it. you just got to come. And if you're afraid, I understand, but I can pick you up so you can get over that, that chicken line. Yeah, Because church is so good. God is so real. He's so powerful and big. Like, what sort of God are you sharing? Like, are we sharing the one true living God that created the cosmos, the universe, yeah, that did everything, that even created the weeds that are outside the window, that are a new tree? Like, they're awesome. No, that's not a hint. Well, if you picked it up, it's a hint. Did did everybody else catch that? He picked that up, didn't he? Yeah, he grabbed that. And so, thank you, brother. We we appreciate that. You are online and live. (laughs) Let's be a people that allow our hearts to beat for him and allow our hearts to breathe for him. Let's allow him to reset our year. And I said last week, we need to dream big. We need to pray for a bold vision and in that step out in faith. Yeah, but with those that are around us so they can support us and champion us in all that God has called us to do. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. I'm going to actually, I'm going to open the altar. Because I, I really want to open the altar. I know I finished laughing and joking, but I, I, I want to do this. If you know you need a kickstart for the year, yeah? Um, Andrew, can I get you on the keys just to bring back my, my humour for a minute? Um, in a, just with every eye closed, just a very serious moment. If you know you need to have your heart kickstarted, if you know your heart needs to breathe again, it, it's, please hear me. Please hear me. This is Holy Spirit speaking, yeah? There's nothing embarrassing to bring an issue before the Lord so that He can fix it and deal with it. There's nothing wrong with having a struggle in your faith. The issue exists when you allow yourself to sit in that struggle without persevering, without pushing through, without allowing somebody else to walk walk you through it, yeah? When we open the altar, we don't do it to embarrass people. We open the altar to say, you know what, God's moving. That's why you're jittery in your seat, because Holy Spirit's touching you in a part that He wants to get to. And the act of faith, the act of stepping out, coming forward, is not to expose you, but it's your way physically of saying, you know what, God, I don't want to deal with this, so I'm giving it to you to deal with. So if you're here today and you need your heart to breathe, if you need your heart to beat again the way that it should, particularly, particularly after that time when you met him for that first time, when you encountered him, when life had flatlined, but he brought you back to life and you had that first love and you ran after him and you shared about him. And there was a love so great you couldn't contain it. If you've lost that, if that's just somewhere, then I'm going to encourage you now just to come to the front. To come to the front so that together we can pray that God, through His Spirit, would do something. With every eye closed, if that's you, just come forward. Because God wants... And he's planned and he's purposed the 2023 for you that is great. He hasn't given a plan or a purpose that's going to fail. He 
He's purposed something in your hearts to set it alight and on fire for Jesus. Because the gospel came to you and I not simply, not simply with words, but also with power. Not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and a deep conviction in our hearts that He is the one true living God, that there is no one else worth living for but Him. If you're in your seats, just raise your hands towards heaven and start praying for the people that are at the front. Start praying for them that God would reignite that first love, that God would fan into flame. You know what I've also learned through my daughter Faith? That your heart could be burning for Jesus, but there's still more. <laughs> so just because you might find someone that's at the front, don't think that they're just struggling in their faith. Maybe, just maybe, they just want more. Because when you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, yeah? Sam, can I get you just to play the guitar along with Andrew? And Im, do you want to jump up? Some of the band just to, just to sing along. God's just doing a work. God's just reigniting fires. God's breathing breath back into hearts. God's resetting 2023.